0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another Total Italian Football podcast brought to you by the people behind Total-ItalianFootball.com. Of course, I'm your host, Conor Clancy. We're here to talk through match day five of this Serie A season, and I've got a full house of friends here with me. First up is from all the way down under, Vito Doria. Vito, it's good to speak to you again. How are you keeping?
1: Yeah, I'm keeping good at the moment, Conor. How about you? Not too bad. I'll I'll be
0: much better... I was going to say when we finish this podcast, but it's going to be another while yet before I get to bed. So I'll be better on Thursday, Vito, because between now and then I'm not going to be sleeping too much and I'm going to be working a lot. But we've also got two friends joining us from one place and it's a little bit unnerving when you and Burns and Kev Pugelski are in the same place and I'm not there. Kev, it's good to see you again. It's been a while since you've been on the pod now with the international break and, and all of that. Welcome back.
2: Uh, thank you. Yeah, I think international breaks are slightly
0: better than... What's coming up, which is a midweek round of football, nobody, oh, really got one that
2: nobody really wants.
0: No, especially not fresh off the back of a Champions League week as well, and obviously there's going to be a Champions League week following it. It's it's going to be tough. We'll get through it, guys. I I think, I think we're also joined by ewan Burns, who's tapping away doing some work on his phone while we're doing this, trying to get some of. Our new features out on social medias. Bernsey, are
3: you okay? I'm glad you said that last bit. It made it sound like it wasn't to do with this. <laughs> I'm just doing other work while we do a podcast. Mm. You know, an international break sounds pretty amazing right about now. But, yeah, we, we must stay positive. You need to focus on the positives, Ewan. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you that
0: you are lucky because we do actually... Have the luxury of a international break during this because can you imagine if Serie A Manila was also being played this weekend? Mm, yeah. <laughs> we're we're very lucky that they've taken an international break after just one match day of the season. Um, but we'll survive. We'll survive. You and you said this match day wasn't as fun as the last one. I wholeheartedly agree, but i would encouraging you not to put that out on social media. Um, there were far fewer <laughs> goals. This weekend than there were last, and there were quite a lot of draws and teams who didn't find the net at all. But I just so happened to be at the standout game by a mile of the weekend's games. It all started on Friday with Salernitana 1 Frozen only 1, and then Lecce's great form to start the season continued with a 1 0 win over Genoa. On Saturday, Milan beat Verona 1 0 in a stinking, stinking match, and then the game of the weekend came in Reggio Emilia where I was in. Situ for a Sassuolo 4, Juventus 2. And I'm still smiling thinking about the fun that was had at the Mafeu that night because of what a match that was. And then Lazio's poor form to start the season continued with a 1-1 draw at home to Monza. On Sunday, Inter won one nil away at Empoli. Atalanta beat Caleri 2-0. Fiorentina beat Udinese by that same scoreline. Napoli's disappointing start to their attempt at title defence continued with a goalless draw at Bologna. And then Roma's own poor form continued with a one-one draw at Torino, and Juventus had scored, and I wanted to cry. So those are the results. I think we've got to start where I was, don't we? And it's got to be in Reggio Emilia, where Sassuolo beat Juventus four-two. And Kevin, it's hard to know where to begin with this because this was just utter madness from start to finish. Starting
2: with Sassuolo wearing that. Awful oh God! I'm glad I actually
0: forgot about it Because there's been so much To happen since um...
2: It's like 11 Highlighter pens Running around the
0: pitch It <laughs> Bad wasn't it Like it's, it's really bloody,
2: bad It's bloody awful um, I don't know I, You know Unless you're going to tell me It was a special 25th anniversary kit No As far what? as
0: I know It's just the third <laughs> kit <laughs> Being <laughs> launched <laughs> it Feels like they have been around Like 25th of what? For, to be hundred years <laughs> <And> <laughs> 1920 I believe They've
2: actually Oh I know, um, but yeah, been in existence in my head a bit, uh, a bit less uh, amount <laughs> of time. Um, but yeah, I suppose like right at the start, you've had because I kind of saw the the social media um, for all around Chesney making a mistake, and actually, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. It was a poor attempt at saving it, but Kevin, I thought it rolled under Kevin, his foot or something. It
0: was coming at his chest, and he slapped it through his own legs.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was if comical, he wasn't though, Pol- if he wasn't was.
0: Polish, you would not be defending him right now.
2: No, no. But what I'm saying is, it was more comical than it was, say, like a howler, like Fine. Role, you know, there was yeah, a comical aspect to it more than just being yeah, I say, like like a Radu for Inter a couple of mm. years ago, which was just terrible. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's where the game sort of showed us how it was gonna. <laughs> how it's going to continue, really. But, <laughs> you know, just it looked like so, so I, like absolutely battered you there, which I don't think anybody saw coming.
0: I They didn't, they didn't, because until the Gatti moment, <laughs> we're like, if we're talking about comical moments, I don't think you'll find a more comical on than that in Serie A or any league. Also, that, that, those two bookendings,
2: sort of, the, the yeah. game was perfect.
3: I, I, if I was Chesney, I'd be thrilled after G- Gatti did that. <laughs> like, there could be a lot less remembrance of my mistake now after that. That's that's a much more watchable one. We'll get on to the Gatti thing in a
0: while, but on, on the game as a whole, Brinsley, I was messaging you at the start of this match, or was it in the group? I can't remember. But I, I was saying that Juventus look fun again. And the way they lined up, it was... It's something that we've kind of seen them move towards under Allegri this season. And when you see it in the flesh, you see it in a slightly different light. And and the way they have Miretti and Rabiot just so high up behind Chiesa and Vlaovic really caught me off guard. And it it did look for a long time as if Juventus were going to maybe have a little bit of trouble finding that breakthrough. But then once it came, you thought the goals were just going to come for Juve. It, It didn't turn out that way. And Vito Sassuolo just, continue to surprise us, don't they?
1: It's an incredible turnaround, especially when you consider that last week they had squandered a two-goal lead against Frozinone and lost 4-2 and then this time they get uh, a 4-2 win at home to the most successful team in Serie A history. Uh, the way Sosuolo played, you know, okay, so it they do look fun and they've shown that they can express themselves a bit more, but uh, it goes to show that Sassuolo on their day, uh, still a fun side. And uh, Berardi, he had another important game, but Loriente, he had plenty of chances. And I like the remaining midfielder, Daniel Bolocka. I thought, you know, he, he played well in midfield, picked his passes right, and he performed a few dribbles. So, yeah, very tidy player. And I think he's the kind of midfielder that suits uh, Sassuolo's philosophy to a T.
0: Yeah, he came up with Frozenoni, didn't he? He he was in Serie B last season, and then made the move across to Sassuolo this summer, I believe. But he has settled in quite well there, and he was very. You and look at the respo- re- replies to the tweet that you just did. By the way, you have more work to do yet. Um, well, he was I'm already on it. Okay, he was very <laughs> impressive in that game against Juventus. He did not look like a player who just come up from from Serie B at all. But Sassuolo just do this, and, and they are a very, very impressive team. But, Kev, the other side of that is, is Juventus, isn't it? Now, a lot of people, there's this weird thing that I've noticed this season, and it's when Juventus don't lose, people seem to be talking that it's an immediate crisis. Obviously, there's all field issues that shape that as well. But this is still just their first defeat of the season, and they are still looking significantly better than what you would have considered their rivals for the top four in Napoli, Roma, Lazio, blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah, I mean, if you take away those two goals as well this weekend, then they don't lose that game. You know, you can't really allow for individual errors. Um, their, their team on the pitch is not necessarily inexperienced, but they haven't, haven't played together very long. On paper, there are far, far better sides or at least far... More likely candidates to be favourites for the for the, for the league title, so um, yeah, people, but people probably, I suppose, because as Juventus, will get carried away with the defeat, but they'll probably go back and win again midweek. And, and actually, yeah, if, if for anybody that's had a sort of negative result this weekend, I think the, the the positive is that you've got a midweek round of fixtures that's come so quick, and it allows you to forget about defeats but also then forget about the howlers like Gatti and Chesney had.
0: Are you hinting at an anti Juventus agenda there Kev because if you are or if you're not you've reminded me of some weird um, accusations that we came in for on on Saturday which I um, I, 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 well,
2: I wasn't I wasn't but um, I'm not sure <laughs> you're going to tell us then. more. I mean, a... Everybody just doesn't like
0: successful sides do they. Um, no. But you'll be shocked to know that this this accusation came from a fellow on Twitter. Um <laughs> which what? Yeah, yeah
3: right man the-
0: <laughs> I, I genuinely couldn't work out what he was getting at to begin with, and then he returned later on, so his agenda is it, it it's bigger than it first seemed at, at first, he was given out because we we said that Rafael Leo had been criticized, which he had been we <laughs> we did half of our podcast in midweek talking about the criticism that he had faced. Um and then there was something he took exception to around Juventus and he's an Inter fan basically and apparently we're giving Milan and Juve an easy ride. Um not sure what you make of that. But Vito, you wanted to make a point about Andrea Pirlo before we move on from this one.
1: Yes. Well, looking at the start of the season, you know, I thought that he was someone that really needed to step up and in my mind I had the Italian national team and the striker selection. So, in his first two rounds, he didn't score any goals, but in the last three, he has scored four times. So, he did get on the score sheet again against Juve, and uh, I really hope he does keep up this kind of form too, because with uh, Scamacca from Atalanta picking up an injury, Retegi is doing okay, but still needs to find his feet in Serie A, and then Immobile is not the player he once was, If he can maintain this sort of form, maybe he's an outside chance for Spalletti's Italy squad. And I think the time has come for him to shine for both Sassuolo and also try and make an impact for the national team.
0: We are going to try and move on through this podcast quite quickly because there is quite a heavy week coming up. And we will be back, of course, with a midweek podcast as well, as well as the the next weekend's podcast as well so there's three pods in a couple of days but the midweek one will only be available to people who are signed up on patreon.com slash total italian football you can sign up for as little as two euro a month and every single week you get early access to this free regular podcast and you will also get two bonus podcasts as well, one of those being about Serie A for Manila, which this week there isn't, so there won't be that podcast. But we will have the bonus podcast talking about the midweek round of Serie A games. When there's not a midweek round of Serie A, we'll talk about the Champions League, European games, or whatever else there is. For as little as €2 a month, too. There's also 5 and €10 euro tiers if you're feeling a little bit more generous. So do sign up for patreon.com slash football. You and I don't really know where to go next because that was all of the fun that was had this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah,
3: pretty much. I I can specifically tell you where not to. Go on. Even though it's the game I saw the most of, and that is San Siro. Well, we're going to go
0: there because Milan are Milan, aren't they? And they're second in the table. Mm. And it was quite a big game given the week that they'd had. They'd been... There isn't another word for it, is there? They'd been humiliated by Inter last weekend. Then... They had a good performance, but a disappointing result against Newcastle in midweek. I think it's fair to say. So they needed to win this, and they just about did.
3: Yeah, they did it the other way around in this game. They won, but that is where the positives stopped. The most interesting thing of the whole game was the delayed kickoff. That that was, you know, interesting. It's not. I felt so bad for Alibi at this game. <laughs> <by the way. laughs> He, he stumbled in in the pouring rain <laughs> in, in his light grey t-shirt. He oh, was yeah. completely it, soaked. It was not <laughs> a light grey
0: t-shirt by the time he got to the San Siro. Yeah. And just for context, he lives so close to that stadium. So he was not outside for any more than five minutes. And that happened to him.
3: <laughs> but yeah, they they it, it was all a bit odd because they didn't come out and do a pitch inspection with like the ref and the captains until it was a, meant to kick off like they came out at it would have been three o'clock local time and walked about bounced the ball a bit and and it, it largely looked promising um and then suddenly there was 25 minute delay um and then yeah Liao scored very quick it was a good goal he he needed that after what happened in the newcastle game i think and then I, i'm not exaggerating nothing happened after that um Sportiella made a good save from a follower and show header. Beyond that, I'm genuinely struggling to think of a specific moment that <laughs> happened after that, and, and I was covering it for somewhere else. I had to watch quite closely, and there really was nothing. The thing is,
2: their kit looked like a pitcher that had run in the rain as well. So.
3: Oh, that was what I got shouted at
0: for. Their kit is fire, apparently. Fuck oh, shit.
3: Do you want to know something about <laughs> that kit, actually? Um, in terms of from a commercial perspective and I'm speaking slightly slowly while I get the um,
0: right well the why are you doing fiddles. that I know Vito wants to jump in on Liao so Vito but jump in it. and talk about I've Liao brenzi right commercial
1: stuff can wait Vito <laughs> you, you want to defend Liao as well I do want to defend Liao because in the Italian press he copped some criticism despite being awarded a Player of the match in the Newcastle game, and in Serie A, he's managed to score three goals in five games. and My particular criticism are comments from the AC Milan legend Arigosaki Sacchi that he is considering Leal to be like the weak point of the AC Milan team, and that the team is not a collective with him there. But the thing is. Leal is the type of player that provides an X-factor. He creates something out of nothing. And I've noticed when Leal is uh, playing in this team which uses a back three, the team looks disjointed in general. So to pick on him because he's got that individual ability, I think that's a bit of repetition from Saki that he likes to put on the broken record. Perhaps he's showing his age. And it reminds me of uh, his views on Roberto Baggio as a player. Uh, Saki and shave great things in the late 80s and early 90s. But it's these players who have that individual ability that can turn things around. And football is played by human beings, not robots. So uh, I think uh, Saki either needs to be more descriptive or maybe it's time that he retires and steps out of the limelight. Because Leo, he's a player that makes a difference for Milan. As far as I'm concerned, if Milan's not good as a collective, it's more down to poor tactics or a poor formation choice by Stefano Pioli mm-hmm. than Leao not being able to run back and help the defense or putting pressure on the opponents. Because let me tell you, you take Leo to that Milan team, they really miss something going forward.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Like the... we all know why he doesn't like Leo.
0: Well, there's a lot of reasons why he doesn't <laughs> like Leo, isn't there? There's there's that one that you're alluding to, but there's also the one that's similar to the Baggio thing, and that he just doesn't like anybody that's a little bit creative, does he? Um yeah, it's not functional. Uh, but Saki's in that category with Antonio Cassano. When, when you see them speaking, turn off the telly. Or if, if you see that their quotes are on a, a website that you read, just go to another article.
3: Because, like, it's you it's know slightly, slightly different to Cassano in the sense that not everything Saki says is not worth hearing. It's just that he talks too much. It's like every week there's a massive interview with him. Whereas every time Cassano talks, it, it's genuinely just like made up crap. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sorry. Yeah, I'll just hit you with them quick figures because that third shirt has been a big commercial deal for Milan, um, where the sales have increased by one hundred eighty-one percent compared to last season's third shirt. What was last, I mean, season's, last third
2: season's third shirt?
3: Third well, oh, I can't remember. But the compared the to the twenty twenty twenty-one one, so what's that? Two years ago, it's gone up by three thousand eight hundred and eighteen percent. That one must have been really bad. And I, I had to really check that figure a lot when I was writing that. <laughs> that just seems like a... a what percentage? 3,818%. So I don't know what their third shirt was in that season, but, but is, they're the making a lot more amazing. this time. <laughs> that
0: was that the season day. when Puma just did all the same shirts for everybody? Well, it would have been the year they won the league, though, wouldn't it?
3: 2020 Yeah, no, no. It's the year Inter year won before. the league.
2: Mm. Uh, also, it's a COVID year, so people...
3: Probably mm. weren't spending money, so yeah. there's some That's a, there. It's I a massive percentage
0: rise. It is. But the thing about it is, right, so we I think we spoke about this when it came out. I think it was a message conversation between me and you, Ewan. Um, that Milan kit has everything that I should love. I love when kits have the purples and pinks involved, but it's just, it's shit.
3: I don't know. It's yeah. just not good. I don't hate it, but I'm not asked by it.
0: But so, the, the thing is, anyway, I was given out to... Because I I said I called it a kit crime. Not because it exists, but because they wore it at home. Which is what Sassuolo also did. But, yeah, it's fire. <laughs> Gas Mark 2. <laughs>
3: yeah, they've, they've shoehorned it into the early season, basically, didn't they?
0: Yeah, it's poor form from everybody involved, if you ask me. But I'm not surprised. Inter 1-1-0. Like, Inter one one nil, but in, in reality... It was far more comfortable than that for most of the game. They had, I think it was like 24 or 25 shots. They had most of the ball. Empoli looked like they might be able to do something on the counter-attack at times, Kev. But to look at this and say 1-0, you probably give a little bit of credit to Andrea Zoli, who's gone in at Empoli and made them a little bit harder to break down. But mostly it's probably just because Inter are a little bit tired and they still got the job done.
2: Yeah, and I, I think there's an element there that Inter probably... You, you, you get a feel where you can turn it on when you want to turn it on. and know they didn't score until what midway through, early in the second half. 51st. A, lo- a lovely strike that it was. Um, but, you know, MP are not really going to bother anybody this year. So I think it it was pro- probably comfortable, although low scoring, because Inter wanted it to be. And if you've got a side that are just trying to sort of tighten up at the back now for... The next couple of weeks before they can try and get some points on the board, I think that's what's going to happen. But it, it, it's a, I suppose they also didn't want to, they didn't want a score line like Milan got from into the week before. So I suppose there's a small victory for them before they go into their midweek fixture.
0: It's a big improvement from a seven 0 battering against a team that can't really score. Yeah. I, <laughs> forgot, I forgot, I forgot, i forgotten that had happened
2: as well. Yeah, they didn't want yeah, a repeat so, of their own school line yeah. from last weekend. <laughs> yeah. I suppose it gives all the Roma fans. Uh... Sort of some some room to go. Oh yeah, we're better than we're, yeah, we're better than We're, we're going to be. We're still, a, we're still in this title race because we beat Empoli seven nil. Was that
0: one? What? Yes, was. Yeah.
3: As many as seven. Vita,
0: you look like you want to say something there.
1: Oh, more more about Empoli. So yeah, at least they did avoid that humiliating loss. But uh, the thing with them is, it wasn't a case of them they were just parking the bus just for limitation damage. I think there were moments where Andrea Zoli wanted his team to try and do something on the ball. But I think ultimately just Inter, a well-gelled team, obviously there's a higher gap in quality in the squads, and Inter were just able to pressure them when, it, when they had the chance. That being said, I think with clashes against Salonitan and Bologna, I think finally Empoli might be able to get some points on the board and actually score a couple goals because I think between what was happening under Zanetti in the first four rounds, and even with just under Ed in one game, uh, I think the transformations already been massive. They already look a lot more confident on the ball, and they're a more balanced team.
0: It is mad that they haven't scored a single goal yet, isn't it? Like,
2: when not you consider they,
1: they actually got some creativity. I think Baldanzi's a promising player. They had a few other players coming, like Fazzini and Cancellieri, and Players like uh, Destro and Caputo, more Caputo than anything because Destro's bang average, but Caputo's got the experience. He can score goals. So, yeah, you would have thought that they would have at least got a couple.
2: Vito, remind me who Caputo's once played for and who Destro's once played for. (laughs) 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 Could they be opposite divides of of Genoa by any chance? Yes. (laughs) Um,
1: So, yeah, they've both... Would have yeah. featured in the Derby della Lanterna, yeah. Destro for oh, Genoa okay. and Caputo for Samp. Yeah, I don't think there's
2: a lot between them, but clearly, clearly, you have a favourite. Oh,
0: um, Destro's, Destro's dirt. Oh, come on! Come on. They like,
2: they've just had, they just had, they just had um, their peaks at different ends of their career. No,
0: Destro <laughs> never had a peak. Oh, okay. Destro's in that category of Italian striker. Lorenzo Colombo's the next, so you can clip that. Wait for it because it's going to happen. Where when he's young, everybody talks about him and says he's gonna be the next best thing. And he will do next to nothing at the top level in his career. He'll probably play for which one is he? He's Milan, isn't he? He'll probably play for them a couple of times. Or has he permanently left now? I don't know. But he's not gonna do anything. He'll just float around like an Andrea Patania and he's not gonna do he's another. There's loads of them. Esposito, he's in it too. Little Italian strikers people think are gonna be world beaters and they have nothing about them. Destro's one of them. Pinamonte. Pino, right. I don't <laughs> like Pinamonte at all either. And Atalanta nearly signed him a couple of years ago and ended up getting Hoyland instead. And that is the best bit of transfer <laughs> business they've done. And the bar is quite high with that club. Um, Kev. Connor. <laughs> There's a big pause there. I was wondering why no. he waited for so long are napoli rubbish
2: oh well they they are at the moment um, such a dull you know obviously I was covering this and it was it's just such a dull game and it's they've only lost um kim really when you think about it and it's like what has gone on? there is that element where you you see clubs that uh, go do so much the previous season that when they come back they're just exhausted sort of mentally probably st- still body even after a pre-season and 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 i suppose with napoli there's an element that we were not expecting that from them last season
4: yeah
2: so you know they probably they probably were well above their levels last year and also then they're just sort of emotionally drained from it um but I, I think they're gonna. If, we, if they're not careful, I know they've only they they won the first couple, didn't they? And they've only sort of not won the last three. But if they're not careful, because I know Vito did a piece on like the worst uh, Serie A defenses. Yeah. W- you know, we could we could get to what the other side of the November international break, and then just be floating around mid-table, and us not really talk mm. about them again.
0: This sounds drastic, but I think unless they just boot Rudy Garcia out of the club, they're going to have a worse title defence than Milan. And they'll get Spalletti
2: back on a part-time. <laughs> yeah. Play. He can do it with Italy.
0: I'd take <laughs> half of
3: Spalletti over two Rudy Garcias, to be honest with you. <laughs> they'll, be, they'll be pretty thankful that Lazio and Roma aren't doing much at the moment, because it's, it's probably making them look not better than they, than they because are doing, they're Because they're in they the top half. Good, <laughs> But it's probably useful for them that two teams that they'd expect to be probably battling for the top four are well beneath them right now in the table.
0: Yeah, that is all well and good, but they are still seventh. Do you know, like, Atalanta, Fiorentina and Lecce are still all above them, which yeah, is the great. League. Lecce are going to win the league, which the Southern League. <laughs> what,
3: uh, well, how many teams win that? Four?
0: Well, I'm looking at the table now. Lecce being at Napoli being at Frozen on being at are we counting the capital clubs in it? If Frozen are in it, the two capital to, yeah. clubs are in it as well, yeah. And Salonitana. Yeah, Lecce had been there. That. That well, they are winning it right now, aren't they? <laughs> Vito, you're right. Cagliari need to be involved in that as well, but I just don't like to have to think about them <laughs> at any point in my life, but I'm going to, and we're going to talk about them because Atalanta whacked them 2-0 and they were lucky that this was just 2-0. I like Claudio Ranieri, but they didn't have a single shot on target. And Atalanta probably should have gone ahead before they did. Luckman hit the bar. There was another one that was ruled out for offside correctly. But Atalanta are just continuing to be a weird team, Burnsy, because they really, really, really turned it on today. And they looked decent in midweek as well in the Europa League once they got that breakthrough. But then they lost to Frozenone and it doesn't really make much sense.
3: Yeah, that's sort of how I felt about them for a little while now, where you sort of, you can watch them and if you catch them at the right moment, you can go oh, yeah, you know, Atlanta are really are fun, aren't they? They got They've He's great, that player's great and then you'll sort of blink and they've <laughs> drawn one lost two of the previous five or something like that and it you know, they're, they're sort of middling around a bit um, they are a very weird team at the moment, they're, they're still often value for money to watch, but You've, you've got more chance at the moment, it feels like, of catching them not doing a great deal than you maybe did in the last you know, three years, whatever. There's an interesting new partnership developing by the looks of it, though,
0: and it's it's Adam de Luckman and Charles de Quetelara, and they both have celebrations. Mm. Luckman does this, and, and de Quetelara <laughs> now puts down the phone, which is a thing, and I don't know where oh. it's come from. It I think it started in an American sport, but it's becoming a, a popular thing oh.
3: now. Was it basketball? I feel like it was
0: I think someone's celebration was like to say call me and then someone oh, no, against them put down sorry, the
3: phone. It was tennis. What? yeah, um, it was tennis. An American yeah. player did it against Djokovic and then Djokovic yeah. beat him and, and did it after that yeah. point. <laughs> he's he's a problematic chap, Djokovic, but he is quite funny at times. He is funny. Was funny.
0: <laughs> um that's exactly it. Yeah, so that's becoming a thing now.
3: Well, I I saw um De Cattellaro's assist for Luckman. And it was one of them that sort of looks fairly routine, but the way he sort of timed it and held up the ball long enough in order to just knock it across, it it was quite smoothly done. He he looks like a much happier bloke. I'm guessing you missed the disallowed goal. Yes.
0: Because it was the same, but the other way around, where Luckman went through and then waited, (laughs) and then De Cattellaro came in and finished it um so they were kind of connect, connecting and combining quite nicely throughout the the first half in particular so it's one to watch a new new papu and elicic i'm joking let's not get, <laughs> let's not get carried away shall we although papa gomez is still a free agent guys and every time i go onto to atalanta's instagram account there's more and more people saying bring him home and everyone knows who they're talking about but some people just aren't <laughs> saying the name um But I don't think it's going to happen, is it, unfortunately? Fiorentina have started the season well, Vito. They beat Udinese 2-0, who are secretly bad, but they often are at the start of the season, aren't they? And then they kick on in January. But Fiorentina sitting fifth. They're in Europe as well. They had a lovely time last year and the year before under Italiano. They're just slowly reclaiming their place in the top half of the table after a few years of being a bit of a circus.
1: Things are going good for them now italiano still has his uh, uh, football philosophy and surprisingly enough although Udinese were able to have more shots on goal and they had the better xg I think Fiorentina showed in this case that they just had so much more class not only that I want to talk about Lucas Martinez Quarta he scored two goals in the last two games and he's a good defender but I've noticed that since he's been at the club, he's just got that knack for scoring goals. And the way he opened the scoring was like a like a true striker. So, yeah, I think he's one player that probably deserves a bit more recognition for his talents. Speaking of true
0: strikers, we're going to go all the way up to Torino, Bernsey, where a true striker cancelled out a true striker's goal because Big Rom put Roma ahead. And then the king... The Heartbreaker Duvan Zapata popped up with an 85th minute equalizer and broke your
3: heart and mine for very different reasons. <laughs> a mere five minutes to play. Um, yeah, it's it's there. There was a lot of Roma fans, possibly all of them, that even after the massive win against Empoli, then thought, Yeah, but Torino away, <laughs> 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 like. That's that's where you're going to really see if the Empoli result means a great deal, and it probably reflects even worse on Empoli that Roma have then gone and drawn one all the way at Torino, who yeah are doing quite well, and it's not an easy. They place did to win go. in Europe in midweek as well. Yeah, and and that wasn't brilliant. um wins are wins a win, but it wasn't a, it wasn't thrilling. It wasn't seven 0 Can I cheer you up? Yeah, that's the new bar.
0: <laughs> Can I cheer you up? Try three and three for a big rom.
3: Yep, very true. That is that is a fact. Um, two of them were important as well. That that was one thing that whenever when he was at United, everyone used to say that he, he would get the fourth goal in a four nil and basically try and discredit every goal he ever scored. Um, and you know, he, he, what did he get? The sixth in a seven <laughs> in a seven nil for the first one. Um Ask know, Saki ne- What ne- he thinks of. No, two... all... oh, no, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> at least, at least, don't do it live.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Um, were you making a point before I shouted at you?
3: No, I don't think I was, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Alright, well, look, we're, we're going to be back very, very soon in midweek. I, I, we need to talk about Lecce, actually, don't we? I wanted to wrap up, but we have to talk about Lecce. Because, firstly, Please. because I beat Genoa. <laughs> there you go, Vito. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> He's leaping in like a salmon there. The,
0: for anyone that's, that can't, uh, it's just an audio podcast, you won't be able to see it. Vito had actually left his room. And then he just like jumped <laughs> across the room to get back to say that. Um, Let's hear flying high. Roberta DeVessa is doing an incredible job, Vito. And it's, it's not going to continue,
1: is it? But it's fun. It's one of those cases where you think that uh, they'll probably have a great first half of the season. Then after Christmas, they'll drop off. But I don't think it'll be anything too extreme to the point that they would get relegated. However, they deserve praise for what they've done so far. Uh, Pantaleo Corvino is still an excellent sporting director, just finding all these hidden gems and being, being able to fit into a system. And Diversa, I don't think he's actually done this good ever in his coaching career. After what's happened with him at Parma and then Samp, uh, I think he can be very happy where, where things are going for his coaching career so far. And this might be the boost that he needs in his coaching career. I will defend him a bit and say before it started to go
0: really badly for him, he did an excellent job at Padma, like to take them up to Serie A and to keep them there for a couple of years. He did very well. And then things changed quite dramatically, didn't they? But last season, Lecce finished on what, like 35, 36 points. They're already on 11 this season. They're absolutely flying. Kev,
2: They, they have had a somewhat fortunate fixture list. No, that's, it that, matters. Not B- yeah, points on the yeah,
3: board. Because no, no, obviously <laughs> they got a really the win at the start. <laughs> yeah. They, start, I'm they, I'm they start, him in his new
2: flat. <laughs> they, they started at Lazio, and they also they won that. And this this isn't this wasn't necessarily to discredit Lecce, but that's really important if you can build up the momentum. Because actually, then they start believing they're you know that they're on this run and they're going to have a good season. They're maybe going to you know finish eighth, ninth, or whatever. They're not certainly not going to finish in Champions League places,
1: but they haven't finished higher than ninth in their history. So well, there you go. You know, so it's... if they can get if they can get eighth this year, but suddenly they'll start believing that they'll start
0: forgetting about who they're
2: playing and that they've had a fortunate run. It's just getting that <laughs> momentum.
0: Going. I, hang on, I'm gonna jump in here because you're talking absolute shite, Kev. They played Lazio <laughs> first game of the season and then Fiorentina <laughs> second. Like that's not a fortunate fixture list. They played two of the top six wow. in the first for the five last, games. For last, but
2: after the, after that good start, they've had they've had Monza, Salernitana, Genoa this weekend. That's right. Allowed so, them to maintain that.
0: So in five game games, that. they've played a mixed <laughs> bag
2: of fixtures. Then no, I think. Jimmy's been the Lazio. I think excluding Lazio at the start of the season, I think that's quite a fortunate fortunate run of fixtures. They were a, they were a, oh, I'm gonna try and right. get my phone to
0: they beat Lazio. So <laughs> I'm not excluding them. And they got a point well, against Lazio. Fiorentina, European last They
2: were away at Fiorentina, which <laughs> was a surprise to me. I thought it was the other way around. I thought they won in the Olympic.
3: but to be fair, it appears Lazio aren't very good. No, but we um, didn't know that at the end, did we? And then Lazio <laughs> went and beat Napoli. Yeah, I mean, that does look like a blip, doesn't it, in hindsight? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Andrew against Atletico Madrid, who managed to smash uh, Real Madrid in their latest La Liga game, so... Atletico Madrid
0: three don't... Smash? Adle- yeah,
1: no, they smashed them. Oh.
0: <laughs> they sm- Atletico Madrid don't make sense, because they, they smashed Rio like, seven, and they got yeah. pumped by Valencia three, and then, and then they got and played Lazio off the park, mostly, and then... Do this to realm I, I just don't. We're not here to talk about that. There's a fo- There's a Spanish football podcast called The Spanish Football Podcast, and it's the best football podcast that exists. So listen to that if you want to hear stuff about Spanish football. But they don't make that's sense. Ours, right? Oh yeah. No, it it. <laughs> let's not be silly, guys. Like I'll be silly to a, to an extent. But but don't take the piss. Nothing. That's le- <laughs> that's the attitude the Leche
2: players haven't got at the moment. They think they are the best team in Syria. That's how we yeah. you know.
3: I'd long let them think
0: it. <laughs> I, We're going to have a serious discussion about Lecce at some point when Kev's not on here to discredit them
3: <laughs>
0: nonsensically. <laughs> but uh, we do need to wrap it up there because we, we do have a big few days ahead. Patrons, we will be back to talk to you on... It's just going to be you and Vito. I think you're doing that on Thursday night. Yorp. Right, so you've got that to look forward to. I won't be there. Kev won't be there because we are busy men. Um, And Burnsy doesn't do anything ever in his life. He just sits at home doing nothing. So uh, that's why he's on every podcast. Um, And that'll do. I'm home right now. (laughs) Yeah, you are. I'm a a nomad. Mm. That'll do. Right. Read things on total-italianfootball.com. Team of the week, player of the week. A lot of reaction to the weekend's games going out. The previews for the midweek rounds as well. I think most of them are already there. If not all of them are already there. They should all be there, but we'll see. Um that'll do. Goodbye, Kevin.
2: Goodbye everybody. <laughs>